Welcome back to the Scott Jackson Show. It's time for Football at Four on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. All right, as we come to you from Chartway Arena here on the campus of Old Dominion tonight, we have uh, pregame coverage, sort of pregame, Ted Alexander, Dennis Wolf, ODU, and Louisiana. Tips off uh, just after 7 pregame at 6.30. We will uh, be talking about uh, the staff hires from Dan Quinn with uh, Linnell Willingham at the bottom of the hour as uh, all the uh, staff was released today finally by the team. And, of course, uh, you heard from Cliff Kingsbury and also Joe Witt today. And apparently Joe Witt made people want to run through walls. That's how good he was. All right. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury was a little bit more guarded because obviously everybody's trying to needle the poor guy about, who's your quarterback going to be? Hey, who's your quarterback going to be? And he didn't do it. So, anyway. All right, let's get to this. Here's the top five. Our way too early top five of the NFL. We'll start at the bottom. I just want to say on the outside looking in, uh, Bills, Bengals, Texans. Okay. You're close, but you're not quite there. Okay. My number five is who's got it better than the Los Angeles Chargers wow. with Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Look they were who's in my, all in. Yeah, I'm all in, baby, because I remember what Jim Harbaugh did the last time he was in the NFL. He's got a real quarterback th- this time right away, too. He's not, he's not you know, putting Alex Smith on training wheels like he did before before he made that trip over, uh, the changeover to uh, Colin Kaepernick uh, when he made the Super Bowl run. Now, he's got a QB right away. Yeah, they're over the cap. They've got some things to figure out, but yeah, he's in there painting the weight room right now. He went to Home Depot, bought some spackle. I heard him talk about this. If you're not fired up to see Jim Harbaugh coach the Chargers, dang, you're a hater. You're an absolute hater or you're an Ohio State fan, one or the other. So I've got the Chargers at number five. All right, I've got... Chargers on the outside looking in, but close. Okay. So, right. so I do have them close. I have the Rams on my outside looking in. I actually have the Packers on my outside looking in as well. I think they could be interesting next year. But in number five for me, I still believe the Cincinnati Bengals. You're going to get a healthy Joe Burrow back. I know they've got a couple of free agents at wide receiver. I think they're going to make some upgrades to that offense through the draft and the offseason as well. And I think that we're going to see a very hungry Joe Burrow who knows that the chirping's already about, uh, chirping's already starting about, you know, can he stay healthy? Are they still relevant? Blah, blah, blah. And Joe Burrow feeds off of stuff like that. So I think the Bengals will be back next year. I've got them right now at number five. All right. Uh, at number four, I got Jim's brother, John. Uh, the Ravens, yeah, I know. They were close last year, but they lost their defensive coordinator. Uh, their division, because of the guy you just mentioned, expected to be on schedule to play a full season. Uh, that's a tough division. I, I don't. I think the Ravens missed a really good opportunity. They're still really good, but uh, I've got them at number four until I see more. All right, I've got the Detroit Lions at number four because I just can't quit the Detroit Lions. I know that, you know, we've had a lot of questions about Dan Campbell, but they were able to bring a good majority of their coaching staff back. For the most part, that roster is going to be back, and I also think that they're going to upgrade. I don't think they're going to just sit where they're at and run it back with everybody that they have next year. I think that they're going to make some upgrades at necessary positions there. And I think it'll be a little bit tougher of a division for them this year than it was last year. But I still think the Lions will come out on top, so I've got them at number four. All right, uh, number three, uh, the 49ers. Yeah, I know. Ooh, why am I downgrading the 49ers? Well, I, I don't know. They don't have a defensive coordinator for starters. Uh, number two, I think their division's going to get a lot tougher next season with uh, the Rams ahead of schedule by a year. I, I'm maybe the new blood of the Seahawks. I mean, J- you know, Jonathan Gannon's Cardinals were no easy out this past season. 
Uh, not to mention uh, there are a few other teams in the NFC, and we'll get to one of them here in a minute, that I think might uh, be set up better than them going into next year with fewer questions in, for, in terms of the roster. So I'll get the uh, 49ers uh, slipping a little bit to number three. This is the one that I was the least sure about, but I put them at number three anyway, and that is the San Francisco 49ers because, I don't know, something smells rotten in the Bay Area there. I don't know. I mean, the, the Super Bowl hangover is a real thing, I think. I think that this is something that the, the fact that we're still talking about the whole overtime thing and now there's slow motion of Patrick Mahomes' face about how much of a dope <laughs> Kyle Shanahan is. I think that the, the members of, the, of their staff that they are losing are a bigger deal than we think. I don't know who the defensive coordinator is going to be. And you could say, well, anybody be an upgrade over Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes didn't do a terrible job wow. with that defense this year, despite what people want to now you know, throw dirt on him because they, they had a, a bad Super Bowl. So there's just a lot more question marks surrounding this team. Oh, by the way, their uh, cap situation, not the best heading into the season either. So I will cautiously put the Niners at three. All right, number two, I've got the Detroit Lions. Yes, uh, very talented. Yeah, I know. I know, Commander fans, you hate their offensive coordinator. That's okay. Uh, he can drop some plays, though. They've got a lot of talent. They, they're going to learn from their mistakes. Maybe not. But <laughs> they're still really – their defense came on as the season went on, even though they had kind of a crappy start. So I like Detroit right now at number two, inching in front of the 49ers. Let's be honest, they should have probably beat the Niners. Yeah, probably. All right, so the whole pressure bursts pipes Yes. Thing. Well, the pipes are about to break in Buffalo. That's why I've got the Bills at number two. This is it. This is it. This is the your window is closed moment for the Buffalo Bills. Some people might think it's already closed. This is the year that Josh Allen and company either figures it out or get ready to start cleaning house from Sean McDermott on down. And I think that they will they will feed off of that. I think that they know that this is it. I think that they might make a couple surprise changes in the offseason. I think they're going to be more aggressive than people might think they are. So I've got the Bills at number two. So you're buying into Bills Mafia at number two. All right, all right. I could see that. I could. That's not crazy. Plus I thought, the divisions. Not I considered it. Yeah, the division stinks. Uh, I considered it, but I didn't do it. All right. Uh, my top team is the Chiefs. I mean, come on. Well, like we've 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 gone over this before. Don't bet against Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid's not going anywhere. Um, clearly, clearly, uh, they love playing for Steve Spagnuolo on the defensive side. They got some young talent there. They've they've got to figure this thing out with Chris Jones. Although I guess yesterday. In front of the assembled masses at the parade, he said, you know, <laughs> he's coming right. back, you know. That's right. And basically, you know, said at least three more years, even though there's nowhere near a contract yet. But that would be the smart thing to do for the Chiefs. But either way, they'll figure it out because they have the best player in football. Give me Kansas City until somebody proves otherwise at numero uno. Yeah, look, I'm tired of moving these guys down on my list and looking like a dope. And, and, and it seems like a lot of the talking heads still haven't learned their lesson. Of course it's the Chiefs at number one. What did Ric Flair say? You To be the man, you got to beat the man. And guess what? Nobody's beaten the man the last couple no. of years. So until they do, yeah, the Chiefs have to be at number one, at least at this point. All right, send the hate mail, 757-687-9494, Ballyhoo's phone line as well, 757-687-9494. What do we get wrong? Who are we we dissing? You know, who's the bulletin? Who do we give bulletin board material to? Apparently the Colts fans think so. There's one. Uh, Who do you think we are shortchanging here in the way, way, way too early 
uh, top 25, before we've had a combine, before we've had a draft, before we've had free agency. I even did the order wrong. Combine, free agency, draft. There you go. Before all that stuff. Or before people can, you know, I don't know, get a defensive coordinator like the 49ers. What do you think we got wrong? <laughs> Who are we missing on? What do you agree on? If you want to do that, that's boring, but go ahead. Uh, 757-687-9494, Scott Jackson Show. Uh, we're here at uh, Chartway Arena uh, for ODU Hoops tonight here prior to the Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. You are listening to the Scott Jackson Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. All right, we are live at Chartway Arena. Uh, the hate mail's in, 757-687-9494. Text line, uh, Ballyhoo's phone line, 757-687-9494. If you missed it, we did the way, 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 way too early top five of the NFL for 2024. Uh, I had the Chargers, who's got it better than them, uh, Ravens, Niners, Lions, and number one, the Chiefs. So I went 5-4-3-2-1 that way. Uh, James, go ahead and run down yours, please, sir. All right, starting at five, I had Bengals, Lions, Niners, Bills, and Chiefs at number one. All right, so we'll get to the bottom half of this list uh, starting at five o'clock. At five o'clock, the bottom five. Uh, many of you want a preview, but now, no, I'm not giving you the preview now. You're going to have to wait, sorry. Or you're going to have to pay for the, uh, the subscription. All right, um, <laughs> Brent, there's no fee, of course, and you can always – Go back, uh, you know, go go into the podcast section on our, our website on um, Priority Auto, ra- ra- you know, Sports Radio 94.1, ESPN Radio 94.1, and, and, and get it. You know, it's not hard, it's, and it doesn't cost you anything uh, if you miss the 5 o'clock hour. But don't miss the 5 o'clock hour. How about that? Why don't you just stick around? Better yet. All right, Brent on the Eastern Shore says, you are dissing the Eagles. Who do you have between the Chiefs and Eagles? Everyone is the answer. Uh, so I guess you're not dissing them after all. I will believe the Chiefs will lose again when I see it, and I'll believe the Eagles will win one when I see it. <laughs> that's a funny kind of way to look that's, at it. That's a lot. Yeah, it is kind I of amazing it. how the it. Eagles won 11 games and nobody felt more helpless at the end of the year than they did. In terms of the way they were playing, they just ran out of gas, and you're like, that last game was so dang weird. Um, well, the two weirdest last games, okay, the Ravens, the way they played offense, right? They completely ignored the run. Lamar Jackson wouldn't run. They didn't call runs. The, and the Eagles, with, with Jalen Hurts, who was dropping back all the time, n- never ran himself outside of the one-tush push. And you're like, what the heck's going on here? That's the way you attack these Buccaneers, and they didn't do it. And then I'm, I'm convinced, and I think we talked about this a bunch during the last several weeks of the season, when's Jalen Hurts going to get surgery? Clearly there's something physically wrong with him. Something is not, not adding up here. And what happens? He shows up to the Pro Bowl, and he looks like a, a young man again. He looks fine. Like nothing was ever bothering him. You know the thing that got me was that he looked like he was having fun. Yeah, right. And right. none of those Eagles players, and I mean none of them, we're having fun no. in those last six games. So, And when you got no shot, and with all due respect, when you're given no shot against the Bucks, yep, that, that should tell you a lot. That, that Eagles team should have been way better than that, and they had no shot against the Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield. Nope, they did not, and it was ugly. Uh, Pittsburgh Ross says, I have a hate. I hate when it snows on my French toast. Okay. <laughs> I think I get that. I think I get that. Okay. <laughs> All right, you're gonna have to explain it to me off here. All right, uh, I like it. All right, uh, Chuck in Virginia Beach. Um, <laughs> uh, what is he asking about? Oh yeah, the Saints, uh, the Hoodats, the Hoodays. Um, he asked. Uh, there is one guy that has beaten him. Talking about Joe Burrow. 
and are we talking about? Or is talking ta- about Mahomes. Oh, Mahomes. Yeah, that's but true. That was yeah. You know, that was a long time ago. Feels like eons ago at this point. No, it's Houday, not Houdat. Sorry, Houday. Yeah, Houdat yeah. is yeah. Houday. Yeah. They, didn't they lose to him the next year? By the way, Joe I Burrow. Believe, I believe so. Yeah, he did. Right. Like okay, I was just checking. And I, didn't I just, even get the chance this year, of course. Yeah. Colts with Matt Ryan beat the the Colts with Matt Ryan beat Matt Ryan. Colts got robbed. What? What? I'm not sure what that is. Oh, this was the guy earlier who wanted the Colts on the uh, Colts in the top five. Yeah, I don't think so. They had a nice little season, but let's not get carried away here. I mean, they didn't. You know, they got they got some questions. Is Michael Pittman a free agent too? Right? Yeah, Pittman's a free agent. Don't really know what they're going to do at running back this upcoming year. Jonathan Taylor, I'm, I'm, yeah, he'll be back, but yeah. what's he going to look like? There's there's questions there. Yeah. And that defense, I mean, they play they played better than they probably should have, but can they do it again? Right. If, if they could do it again, I'll give more respect. I would say that that's the big thing with them. Like, can they can they play um, some defense? Can they again? Kind of have a backup plan in case Richardson can't stay healthy. I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, he's a young guy. He was hurt a ton. All right, let's get to uh, our guy Paulie uh, here on the lines. He is in Norfolk, just down the road somewhere, possibly. What's up, Paulie? Scotty Jacks, what's going on, man? Hell to the double. You are, man. James, my guy, what's going on? How you feeling, Paulie? I'm feeling well, man. Richie the legend, man. The three amigos in the building once again. Hey, man. Hey, look. There's two teams that's enigmas, you know what I mean? They're probably on the outside of your list. Like as they should. The first one is uh, Cleveland Browns, man. You couldn't score on them in Cleveland, but right. um, I don't know what's going on with Deshaun Watson. Are we gonna get to Deshaun Watson? You seen the last couple of games, or are we gonna get to Deshaun Watson in the lobby of the hotel room? You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and plus, that division is, is, is man. That division is no whole bars, man. With Pittsburgh, tough division. Baltimore, Cincinnati, you know what I mean? But I, I do like Cleveland as a dark horse. And, man, I hate to say this, though, but you got to throw the Cowboys up in the same type of uh, talk right, like, right, like Cleveland. You know, they sc- they were scoring close to 40 points at home. You know, unfortunately, they gave up 40 to Green Bay <laughs> at home. You know what I mean? But, but you got to say that about the Cowboys last season, man. They was a big play team. And it was tough to beat at home. What, it was like sixteen to zero until they ran into their game against uh against Green Bay. So yeah, those are two two dark horse teams for next year, man. Well, I mean, listen, exactly. we know we know how successful Dallas is when they when they have to have something. So maybe that's why uh, we stayed away from. Hey, listen, but you know, Mike McCarthy's out the door anyway. <laughs> Zimmer's right there. Zimmer would take over by week seven. <laughs> hey, look, wow, you giving him seven weeks. Say, yeah, I give him seven weeks. Zimmer take over by week seven. You know, uh, either, uh, yeah, he'll take over before Thanksgiving. So yeah, week seven. Hey, look, um, I gotta be a little uncoachable here. All right, Uh-oh. you know me, you know me. I gotta be uncoachable, and I'm a day late for practice. But uh, what's your what's your rank divorces, man? Did anybody say Antonio Brown? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was very yeah. He was brought up many, many times. Look, there were so many yeah, of them. Got a, yeah, he got an annulment from the Raiders. You know, he didn't, yeah, well, he, he had four to, different, three different ones, right? Yeah. He had three different ones. <laughs> and, but, but the, the best Raiders one, were, again, he, he literally stripped on the way off the field with the, with oh, the no, Buccaneers. No, no, no. The no, best no, no. closing the Ra- ever. Oh, but the Raiders, he got an annulment from, man. You know, he went to Cryro. <laughs> then he came back. He burnt his feet up. 
burn his feet. Don't forget, helmet. He had a helmet issue. Hold on, hold on. Then he snitched on uh, John Gruden, which is kind of funny because then John Gruden got snitched on by Bruce Allen, which is something else in itself. And then, like you said, you know, uh, uh, New England, he got an annulment from New England, too. You know what I mean? So, like you said, Tampa Bay. Now, now, Tampa Bay, we all been in that situation. If you're a man, you've been in this situation before when you're arguing with you're having an argument with your lady, you pull up to the stoplight and she hops out and start walking. I'm walking the rest of the way. That's what Tony Brown did. He got out of the stoplight and started walking. He's insane, yeah, man. man. So I, I was thinking about that the whole time yesterday, man. Tony Brown has to be the worst relationship guy ever. You know what I mean? He can't yeah, he, he's he got an NBA him. level of, of breakups, right? Because like we were talking about there's some guys in the NBA, like, like Shaq had a couple of them with the Magic, with the Lakers, right? And then, you, you know, you have guys that have a few of them. But, I mean, Antonio Brown, again, has three of them with three different teams. And I don't know which one was the worst. I mean, clearly the Steelers, because he was still really talented, Antonio Brown, at that point. But they got out when the getting was good. They, they were the smart ones. And he'll never be anybody's ring of fame. I guarantee you this. But I guarantee yeah, no. nobody said this no. one, though. Dave Justice and Holly Berry. <laughs> what we're doing actual divorces, yeah. So I did have a gentleman who sent me a bunch of really good actual divorces. And I was like, that's not really what I'm talking about, but thank you. That was pretty good, though. Hey, listen, man. But, she complained about the man watching ESPN. Um, you married yeah. a professional baseball player. Well, at least he was watching ESPN, right? <laughs> there you go. Hey. Hey, man. That was good. Hey, I'm going to get out of here, though, man. I like, I like All right, Paulie. On, on, the, on the little conferences with the Joe Wink guy and, and Clean Burry, yeah. man. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done with that now. I'm, I'm ready for free agency. I'm ready for the draft. Our first, our first priority is, in free agency should be uh, uh, Willie Sneed from Kansas City, cornerback. Hell to the Oof. Day. All right, see you. All right, man. So, um, Free agency, I think I laid this out the other day, is coming up on the 20 – or no, no, it's, it's like 28 days away. Yeah. Because it's the 14th of uh, – or no, 13th, excuse me, the 13th of March. It's crazy how quickly it's coming. It's actually less than that because February is the baby month. So it is coming up. Yeah, it, it'll be here before you know it. And then a week from Monday, I believe, is the combine where all the rumorage starts and, you know – I don't care about the underwear Olympics part of it when they're running and, and jumping and all that yeah, stupid stuff ridiculous. that you don't do on a football field. But I do care about, like, all the stories and the tra- – and let's be honest, trades happen there. Like, if you're a, if you're a Broncos fan and you're, you're you know, living the fantasy that somebody would actually want Russell Wilson, I mean, that's your week, right? Like, that's the week you're going to find out whether that's reality or more likely he's just going to get released and then somebody's going to grab him on the free. Now, that's what they, everybody thought about Carson Wentz two seasons ago – and then the dopey commanders went ahead and traded for him because, you know, their owner wanted a diversion. <laughs> that is true. From his uh, Capitol Hill issues. So, anyway. Could it be Justin Fields' time? Oh, man. Maybe. Yeah, Richie just reminded me, too, by the way. Not only did Antonio Brown divorce all these NFL teams, he had the A, the, what is it, Richie, the Arena Football League? The Arena League, Football League. The right? Buff- Albany Buffalo kicked team, him. Yeah. Albany, Albany kicked Albany, him out, that's right? right. No, well, the, the, they, league, the league kicked the league Albany kicked, out. The league actually yeah, the kicked, league out. kicked out. The league kicked out. He ran into the ground. He made, he ran it bankrupt. Oh, my goodness. Well, he was supposed to not paying, right? Like, it wasn't a deal like he didn't – he wasn't he, he making wasn't paying, He wasn't paying his coaches. He wasn't paying his players. And he wasn't paying oh the league God. their fees. Oh, my God. Yeah, man. I, I saw him probably play one of his best games. It was a Monday night. It was one of those opener games. And they had the doubleheader Monday nights with 
they came in and just destroyed Washington. I think he just he embarrassed Bashad Breland to the point where Breland, oh, like that you know, was, bad. was yeah. like crying after the game. I mean, it was it was really bad. And you know, Breland, of course, ended up bouncing. Was on a Chiefs Super Bowl team a few years later. But anyway, it was it was he was incredible. I mean, that was also the night he pretended to poop out the football in the end zone, which uh, didn't go over really well with the league. No, no, it did not. <laughs> But you talk about a route runner. I mean, my God, that guy was sick. Really was. When he when he was at well, I mean, he was incredible. Yeah. But he's a nut job. I mean, there is no other way around it. Dude's got issues. Now, I know we had somebody bring this up yesterday, but a lot of it, too, you still have to wonder, is it the, the perfect hit, man? That, yeah. oh, that, hit, that hit changed him, man. That's if that wasn't the that was the catalyst, if nothing else. Yeah, I mean he's definitely not had all this faculty since then. But dude, when he was well, he was something, man. There's no question mm-hmm. about it. He, he he would he could change a game and wreck you, no doubt. All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Uh, Paulie just mentioned all the coaching press conferences and those things with Washington. Uh, speaking of which, we're going to talk about some of that coming up on the other side with uh, Linnell Willingham uh, as the commanders have officially, officially locked up their entire staff uh, today, made those announcements. Of course, Daryl Tapp, uh, part of it, Deep Creek uh, High School alum, Hokey. Uh, he's going to be on the staff uh, as the defensive line coach on Joe Witt's defensive side of the ball. We'll get uh, Linnell's take coming up. He's the host on Overtime on 106.7 The Fan on what we could expect at number two, trades, all that other fun stuff that could be coming here in the near future uh, as uh, Washington looks for the QB1. The search continues for, what, the 40th consecutive offseason? I don't know, somewhere around that. Uh, Scott Jackson, Joe Priority on the Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry Kingwall. Injured in an accident, call 757-INJURED, 757-IN-JURED. James Witham has your sports center. This is the Scott Jackson Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. All right, we are brought to you by Larry King Law. Back here at Chartway Arena, ODU, Louisiana tonight. Pregame coverage, 630 Toyota pregame show with Ted Alexander and Dennis Wolf. Right now, we hit the Ballyhoo's guest line. My friend Linnell, Linnell Willingham, host at 106.7 The Fan in D.C. on overtime. You'll hear him there tonight at 630. Good enough to give us some time after Cliff Kingsbury and Joe Witt getting introduced today to the media. How you doing today, Linnell? What's going on, Scotty J? How you doing, my man? I'm good. Very good. Uh, you know, are you ready to run through a wall after hearing Joe Witt today? I mean, people are pretty fired up about the uh, the new uh, defensive coordinator of of the Commanders. I'm about to say, Scott, if you speak football, you got to be excited for what you heard from Joe Witt, man. I think it was such a breath of fresh air on that side of the football. You think about what Jack Rio was at the podium uh, the last couple of years. It's just a stark contrast. I'm excited, though. It seems like. You know, he's really embracing the opportunity. He, he talked about, you know, what this franchise was when he was growing up, and I think a lot of people uh, your age, got <laughs> feel that way. And I'm, I'm excited to see what he ultimately does. It is just a press conference, but he said right. all the right things for sure. No doubt. Look, it looks like a pretty cool, pretty wide-ranging staff, right, of, of people they brought in here, uh, different places. It wasn't, you know, it's not going to be accused of being, you know, Dallas North or Atlanta North or whatever, right. you know, the connections were for Dan Quinn. But I, I think that's the thing that stands out the most uh, is the fact that he has found people from all over the league. Yeah, for sure. I think, especially when you look on that defensive side of the football, the former players as well, I know, Growing up, I watched William Gay with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the type of personality he was 
to get him coming in there as a teacher in that defensive back room is going to be cool. Ken Norton Jr., I think he's a the linebackers coach, and he's somebody that's you know super well-traveled and has been around this league for a while. And I think one thing the coaching staff has in common, Jack, is just the, the, the veterans on this thing, the guys that have been around the block before. you got tons of former players as well. And I think when you're trying to establish a culture and set a standard of what you want to be, uh, when you're a player listening to a former player, I think the message resonates a little bit more. And one thing that we know happened over Ron Rivera's tenure is that message kind of started to get stale on both sides of the football. So specifically on defense, I look at this group and I think about what they could do for, for some of the unsung heroes on Washington's defense as well. Guys like Cameron Curl and Quan Martin, interchangeable parts uh, on this defense that we don't really know what they are because of what the coaching has been the past couple of years. No, that's a fair point. I mean, you know, certainly they still got a lot of holes. I mean, we, we look at linebacker, uh, you know, it's been ignored for the better part of the last four years with a linebacker head coach and a linebacker coordinator yeah. is pretty incredible, <laughs> as you know, uh, th- those type of things. But, but you're right. I mean, there are some players here. I mean, I, the, always the feeling when you have a season like 4-13, and 13, like Washington just did, is you got to throw everybody yeah. out and get rid of everybody. But th- that's not reality. I mean, you're not going to no. have that big of a turnover in one offseason. There, there are salvageable players here. You know, the biggest question is, of course, of the, of the guys that are free agents, how many of them can you keep and, and who are the ones you want to keep? How, how do you kind of sort through that as you, as you look at this group right now? I think it's going to be interesting. One thing that stood out from Joe Wood is you said, if you're not going to be willing to do it our way, you're not going to be here. So that should eliminate yeah. some people right off the bat. I'm interested to see uh, if anyone, you know, deviates from the normal. We see any surprise cuts and things like that, but... When it comes to the free agents that they have on defense, Kendall Fuller and Cameron Curl are obviously the big pieces. And when you look at a guy like Kendall Fuller, Scott, I feel like he's kind of been underrated during his time here. He's a steady Eddie, works his tail off. He's a really smart football player. And I think that's going to be huge when you talk about what Joe Witt wants to accomplish on defense. He talked about in the presser about how significant it's going to be for them to be able to disguise coverages and how that really aided Dallas over the past couple of years. So, I'm excited to see how he uses him as a chess piece. Cam Curl as well, who's the other big free agent. And I think the Cam Curl situation is interesting, Scott, because while I love me some Cam Curl, and I think he's a football player that that is kind of in that mold that Joe Witt and company are looking for, the price tag is going to make things interesting. And then you got Quan Martin coming up behind him who you drafted in the second round last year. He really came on toward the end of the season. So I'm intrigued by what decision they ultimately make, but we know Cam Curl is a good football player. Well, uh, we're here with Linnell Willingham, uh, 106.7 The Fan, overtime host with us here, Scott Jackson Show, uh, uh, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. He comes to us via the Valley Who's guest line. I mean, everybody tried a million different ways today to uh, get Cliff Kingsbury to really just go all in and profess his love for Caleb Williams. You know, he did a nice job not doing that. But what, what did you, what did you uh, hear from him today? And do you think that – I kind of feel like people have lost their mind. Uh, on this, that it has to be Caleb Williams' topic. Because clearly, number one, you don't have control over it. Number two, Cliff Kingsbury, if he is the coach everybody thinks he is, he can work with a lot of different quarterbacks. doesn't have to be the guy he just worked with. Yeah, well, if you listen to Twitter, it's, it's Caleb Williams and nothing. I think the right. key in all of this is letting the evaluators do their job. A phrase I've been you know, championing a lot is we're at the mercy of the evaluator, right? We were, sure. we're so excited about the future moving forward because of the talent evaluator that we brought in in Adam Peters. And it's going to be a lot on him and Cliff Kingsbury and that collaborative 
uh, you know, situation that they continue to, to reference, that's going to be what it's about. It's not about one individual prospect. And you know it, Scott. When you're taking a quarterback that high, you got to be, like I've been saying, Beyonce crazy in love, right, to take a guy, right? So we're at the mercy of the evaluator. We don't know what it's going to come down to when they cut on the tape and, you know, really piece through why Caleb Williams took a step back this year. When they, when they go and try and piece through why Jaden Daniels was able to emerge this year as a Heisman Trophy winner. So there's a lot of data left to be collected. I think they talked about it today in the presser. They're just now starting to self-evaluate. So there's another piece of that puzzle, Scott, that I think is also very interesting. What does the evaluation bring for Sam Howell? So there's just so many question marks, I feel like, at the quarterback position. But I will say this about Caleb Williams, just from like getting to watch him a little bit, I do think he is head and shoulders probably above anybody else in the class. And I know consistency is a big thing with him on tape this year. He kind of tried to put the Superman cape on to do too much at times. But when you look at the the creativity that he has outside the pocket, throwing the football down the field, and then I think he's underrated as a runner, Scott. He's the full full package and the real deal to me. Yeah, and look, I I like the kid too. But, of course, the problem is if Chicago wants him, there's nothing you can do about it, right? I mean, at the end of the day, and if if he's willing to go there – and not you know pull a Manning, um, you know you're you're probably going to have to pick from two and three and four and all that stuff. But that that's will be interesting here. I, I don't I don't know if he's necessarily, you know, it's worth giving up some historical haul just to move up one spot. You know what I mean? Because that yeah. that's the thing that is is hard to kind of figure out here. And I don't believe the Bears for a second when they when they talk up Justin Fields. I mean I think they're clearly <laughs> a good quarterback at number one. They're not they're not uh, they're not if you don't you know if you want to just play the self preservation game if you're that staff you should start over a quarterback. And I've seen I've heard you talk about this, Scott. With with the Justin Fields situation, are we being do you think we're being prisoners of the moment at all because Caleb Williams is the prospect that he is? When you really look at the situation that Justin Fields has been in the past three years, having a different offensive coordinator each year, he was rolling with Darnell Mooney as his number one wideout before last year. Like it hasn't been ideal for Justin. We know what type of player he was at Ohio State. He was a guy that played from the pocket and was a throwing quarterback first. So in the NFL, he's shown the ability to be able to run. I think he's like a sleeping giant almost, Scott. Wherever he goes, if Chicago decides to move on, I think he has MVP potential in this league. He's just too talented of a football player. I think a lot of the times in the NFL with these young quarterbacks, it's about having the best fit. And I feel like with, with – Justin Fields, his story, you know, just isn't finished yet. No, I don't think it's finished either. I just think it's very difficult for them to roll that back out again and expect right. different results in Chicago, right? And and then for any other team too, like it's just a matter of what's the price of it, you know. I mean, and you right. only have a two year window with them if you pick up the option to to figure it out. So you got to really hit the ground running. But if you're on the outside looking in in terms of any of these top three guys this year, and if you don't really like the guys bottom of you, kind of have to make a move like that. Uh, I, you did hit on one piece, and they said the self evaluation thing today. I kind of snickered mm-hmm. to myself. I mean, I, I don't know what it'll tell them, but do you think – okay, let me just leave it there. I don't want to try to, you know, tamper the jury pool here. Any any, any possibility, do you think, in your mind, that they would, in fact, say, no, you know what, we're going to give Sam Howell another shot and we're going to move down out of this spot and, and pick up other draft capital? What did I say a few moments ago, Scott? We're at the mercy of the evaluator. <laughs> we don't know what the heck. The tape is going to say, and I think we all, yeah. you know, know the way last year went, and and people are going to put blame on Eric Bieniemy as to why Sam kind of faltered down the stretch. I think it would be hard to sell to the fan base, Scott. But 
yeah. look at the track record of Adam Peters and, and the, the two championship teams that he's built that have made it to the Super Bowl. It was with Jimmy Garoppolo, who was in some top five bit, and Brock Purdy, uh, who, who was Mr. Irrelevant. So I, I don't know. We, we, there's always the big Southern California mystery of like who signed off on trading up for Trey Lance. So that kind of gives me some pause when it comes to his overall evaluation of the quarterback, but we're at the mercy of the evaluators. God, so. I know. I, I would be. I would say be very, be very surprising, right? Like if, yeah. if if they went back with that. And again, you you hope if you're the Commanders, and I know I hope as somebody who talks about the Commanders uh, that they are never <laughs> picking number two in my lifetime right. again. Uh, <laughs> I hope right. this is it. You know what I mean? I hope it's much higher, much later. I should say much later. Excuse me, in the first round from here on out. I, I don't want to see this anymore. Yeah, for sure, and I think that's that's really the point that you got to hit home on. You don't get the opportunity to to have the number two overall pick, and you got to take advantage of the talent that's on the board. And the one thing I would say, there's a poop group of people out there, Scott, that feels like it's Caleb Williams a bust. I think Jaden Daniels is a darn good quarterback as well, and for Washington in particular, I think he fits well in what Cliff Kingsbury wants to do offensively. Something else I took away too, Scott, he said that. He doesn't want this offense to be described as an air raid type of system. I think he left a lot of room from interpretation from that standpoint and what type of offense they're going to be. Because from a personnel standpoint, I don't know. I think you can kind of wipe the the slate clean here. There's a couple of pieces that you for sure want to move forward with on offense. But I don't know. Maybe you disagree with me on this. I think there's probably more – intriguing talent to me is on the defensive side of the football in terms of what they can get out of them. I was disappointed in what this receiving core did last year and their inability to get off of press coverage and, and things of that nature. Guys took a step back that I was kind of surprised and disappointed with. So we'll, we'll see how the receiving core shakes out. Because in this offense, you got to be a brainiac uh, to be a good wide receiver. Yeah, they got uh, they got a, they definitely needed. It was a bad year, all, a lot of parts in this offense for sure. Yeah, I, w- I was interested to hear what he had to say. Um, about the uh, about the offense and didn't want to kind of get tied into being an air raid offense. It was fascinating. Yeah. All right, Linnell, I know you're going to be talking about it a ton up there in D.C., man. Appreciate you jumping on today. Give us your impressions of all that we just saw and heard uh, today. Uh, we will, uh, we'll do it again soon. Appreciate it. Yes, sir, Scott. We'll do it again soon, man. Thank you. All right, there he is, Linnell Willingham uh, from uh, 106.7 The Fan of D.C., overtime show host, and uh, you can uh, – Check him out up there. Uh, also um, on the X uh, at N E L L underscore B T P. It's too long of a story for me to explain. All right, 757 687 9494. 757 687 9494. The text line and the Ballyhoo's phone line. Uh, coming up, there is great news for you college football gamers. We'll get to it next here. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Owner Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. The Scott Jackson Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. All right, we have very good news. Uh, we're at Chartway Arena A, B, uh, EA Sports announcing today the highly anticipated EA Sports College football game will be back this summer. A full reveal coming in May. The game will return. Uh, the popular video game franchise stopped making games after the NCAA 14 in July of twenty of uh, July of twenty thirteen, so it's been what eleven years now since we've had it. That was the year uh, that um, Michigan quarterback Denard Robinson was on the cover. Yep. How about that? That's how long ago it was. 
Uh, they had this trailer that came out today. After EA Sports made the announcement, several programs like Nebraska, UCLA, USC, Missouri uh, shared the excitement of the upcoming game that likely indicates uh, its team will be included. The series was discontinued due to debate over student-athletes being compensated for their names, image, and likenesses uh, continued around the country in a legislative bodies. The old video game franchises did not use actual college football players' names, but the rosters closely mirrored actual players with their numbers and their positions linked to the general physical appearances of attributes of those players in the game. Since then, NCAA football 14 has developed a cult-like following with it still being played to this day. A group of people uh, even uh, modded the game in a college football revamp, giving players the ability to play the game with an updated presentation, updated new uniforms, new FBS teams, updated rosters, almost mimicking the new game. So I wonder, like, is there going to be a transfer portal in this uh, new college football game? Like, could you, could you portal people over uh, in the middle of the year? If it is, it'll be twice as wild as the actual transfer portal, I guarantee Yeah, it. so <laughs> with, with uh, this is, I'm reading from USA Today, with the NIL new sweeping, uh, new sweeping the college sports world, the new game is expected to allow FBS players to opt in for their full likeness being used uh, for compensation. Uh, the new game was also expected to feature classic modes like Dynasty Mode and Road to Glory Mode that allowed gamers to create players and navigate their journey in college football. Now fans will only have to wait a few more months to get their hands on the newest edition of college football more than 11 years later. Wow. It's pretty cool. This has been one of the most requested games over the years is college football from EA to come back or a college football game yeah. for anybody to come back and this and really back then when all these you know lawsuits and, and sure. everything that happened that made the game not happen in the first place this was kind of one of the first big things that got the nil conversation really moving you could kind of trace it back that far and it was completely obvious which players yeah you were talking about yeah it was just the number in the jersey but it was pretty obvious what was going on here so this was one of the things that really got the nil conversation started and one of the things that people loved about these college football games it was NCAA football before that was that you could actually import your rosters into the Madden game in the NFL so that made it a little bit even more even more sweeter I don't know if you'll be able to do that in this particular case but but certainly one of the things that made the game popular so this one is going to be one that people have been waiting for for a long time yeah it's going to be um it's going to be interesting and you, and you figured with uh Again, the wait, as you said, for so long now with the ability for the players to be compensated, of course they're going to want to be part of it. Because, I mean, and here's the reality. Like, a lot, like, a lot of the guys that are, are probably more excited or, or in more need of the compensation for some of these things, the guys that are never going to play football after college, right? right? <laughs> but yet are, are quality college football players. Uh, they're the ones that, you know, aren't, aren't going to have the chance to have that NFL money. They would probably like to cash in a little bit here while they can, and then you know you're you're a part of this game. Remember, um, there was an NBA game, and I failed to remember the name of it. Uh, that had um, it was around the time when the Bulls were great, but Michael Jordan did not opt in, and there was this one player who just happened mm-hmm. to be able to do everything really well that was nameless on the Chicago Bulls team, uh, but everybody knew it was Michael Jordan, right? Because forever he had his own separate um, his own separate agreement with the league, and he did not want to be part of the video games. I feel like that was one of the early NBA Live games, but Must I, have can't been. Yeah, be I can't be completely sure on that. Yeah, I, it's been so long since I've cared or played video games, I couldn't tell you. But I do remember having it and thinking, this is so ridiculous. Clearly this is Michael Jordan, but yet we can't say it's Michael Jordan. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, because he's not getting his money. And I do remember 
when he came back um, out of retirement with the Wizards, there was this a little bit of a holdup for a while because he had his own marketing deal with the NBA, separate from the rest of the Players Association. Right. Because he was such a unique brand and obviously a, a unique player uh, and, and was obviously so valuable. So like there were so many things that they had to agree to that they could use him in. Uh, so he was kind of his own name, image, likeness guy before any of this was even a thing for the rest of the world. And certainly nothing that was happening in college sports. So I'll be, um, I'll be interested to see where this goes. And again, this, you know, are we tracking towards employment for these players and all this other stuff? It all sounds great. Salary caps and all these things. But, you know, it's fine if you're in a Power 5 conference. Yeah. That, that might make sense. But the rest of the world, I don't know. And th- the idea that everybody has some big value with their name, image, image and likeness is also kind of ridiculous uh, in a sense, too. Because there are, you know, if we were really to put this out to some of these things with these guys with the, get the NIL money, are they really – doing anything special with like going out and earning it besides playing for the school i mean are they really are they a brand that is really drawn in anything in some of these places or is it really just an incentive to keep them at the school uh because of their play i mean it, it almost equates to me like some of it comes off like you know the old school ways of when college you know when they were drawn outside the lines, I'm sure they are some places, uh, where you go, hey, go turn on the lights, son, uh, in the morning at the gym, and we'll pay, uh, you know, $500 a week or something like You know, like those kind of ridiculous things. Or the $100 handshakes, as we uh, uh-huh. heard it about over the years. But some of these things, you, you like, sit back and go, okay, it's fine if, like, there is a market for this. Like, look, there are non-revenue sports people that clearly – have killed it in this in this name, image, likeness space, gymnasts, and, and mostly female athletes, right? Because they actually are in commercials and advertising campaigns or have these enormous you know, Instagram followings or TikTok, what have you. Whereas some of these things with men's sports, you're like, yeah, I mean, people at the school know who this person is, but is he doing like local car dealership commercials or is he at a local uh, you know, pizza joint or whatever, sign progress, making money? Or is there any need? Is anybody asking for that? Or is this just like, no, this is our best player, so we got to reward them? I think that that's part of it. That that latter right. part of it is a huge part of it. But also, you, I think that sometimes for for a lot of these guys, it's it's social media presence. It's something just as simple as a photograph or a video with them with product X right. in their hand or on their body or whatever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's all it takes because that's partially the the world that we live in. And some of it is autograph signings and stuff like that. I yeah. know that there were. There have been some players in the past, even locally, that sell have capitalized jerseys on the, that. Yeah. yeah, sell jerseys in the bookstore, that's fine. If they actually sell. But if they don't, I mean, okay. <laughs> yeah, and is it a performance-based NIL deal right. or is it a flat-fee right. NIL deal? And oh. maybe that's something that, you know, once NIL morphs a little bit, maybe mm-hmm. it's morphing more into a performance-based thing than it is a, yeah. a flat-fee thing. Because right now it just kind of feels like a flat-fee thing. Like the whole, what was it, Utah or Utah State, where everybody gets a truck, right, or something? Yeah, everybody Every gets a truck. Every scholarship athlete yeah. gets a truck. Yeah. Well, you get a truck with you a player not, or do you get a truck? You have to play so many snaps to get the tr- to keep the truck or whatever. So I think it, it's probably going to evolve more into a, a performance-based thing at some point. Um, by the way, Pittsburgh Ross is a PS2 that he says worked the last time that he played at 10 or 12 years ago. <laughs> Bring it up to the to the mountains with you, man, to the cabin uh, when it's slow. 
do you have? Uh, you, but you, do you have your original Atari? Is the real question, Ross? You can buy the Ataris now at some of these retro stores. Right? I, I might still have mine. I'm That's not, awesome. I'm not ashamed to say you it. should have it. All right, listen up. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get to the way too early bottom five of the NFL coming up. Um, we'll take the hate mail after that. I mean, there's going to be some angry fans, I assure you. Uh, 757-687-9494. Chris Finwood, ODU baseball coach at 535. They open tomorrow against George Washington with a weekend series uh, just across the street here. All right, Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are at Chartway Arena, head of ODU and Louisiana tonight. The Raging Cajuns uh, tip-off is at 7 o'clock. Uh, the pregame show, Twitter pregame, Ted Alexander, Dennis Wolf comes at you at 630. All right, so we've got another hour and a half to go. Uh, we're going to take a timeout. James Witham is going to have your sports center on the other side here. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law.